You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. This is episode two of Rivers of Living Water. Our text is John 7, 39. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, out of his belly, shall flow rivers of living water. And actually, that's John 7, 38. Okay, the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost was the fulfillment of the promise that Jesus made here. It's also the fulfillment of another very, very important day in Israel's history. Uh, Pentecost happened on the very day that God gave the Ten Commandments to the children of Israel. And so it is called Pentecost, meaning 50th day, because it is the 50th day after the Feast of Firstfruits, the day that Christ was raised from the dead. And so I want to point you to this. And by the way, Pentecost is not the Hebrew name. The Hebrew name is Shavuot, Shavuot, (laughs) Shavuot, S-H-A-V-U-O-T. You get it. Okay, here's what Luke writes about this. The former account I have made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days, and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So Jesus prepared them for what was about to come. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. He said, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, when he said that, he wasn't saying that for all time. In other words, that you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not too many days after you've been baptized with water. That's how some people have interpreted that. That's not what he meant. He was saying is that uh, you are going to be baptized in a second way. The baptism of water is something that happened when you received me, but now you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and it won't be long. You know, it was actually 10 days away. And so uh, the Scripture says, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father's put in his own authority. In other words, this is not the time for me to get into that. But he said, Here's the business at hand. John 1.8, But you shall receive power... When the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. King James says the uttermost parts of the earth. So this promise was given on the day of the ascension, just moments before Christ rose up off the earth and went into the heavens. Um, uh, He um, was observing the giving of the law and so God does these things. He, he has great regard for feast days on the Hebrew calendar. And so he fulfilled everything that had been done up until that point 
On a feast day, Jesus was crucified and gave his life on the feast of Passover. Uh, He took away our sins during the feast of unleavened bread. He was raised from the dead on the feast of first fruits early that Sunday morning. And now... The next feast is the Feast of Pentecost, and he is going to do something major on that. He's preparing them for that. And they, being Jews and knowing that everything that he had done up until that point had been done on a special feast day, they said, okay, we've got to be here for the day of Pentecost. It is a very important day. So here we go to Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, They were all with one accord in one place. Who? 120 people. There were the 11 original apostles, the replacement for Judas, which was Matthew, and then, or Matthias, and then uh, there were a number of other people, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, others who had followed Christ closely, were all there. 120 together were there, not just the 12 apostles. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, the wind was symbolic of the Holy Spirit. In John 3, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit operates like the wind. You can see the effect of the wind, you just can't see the wind. And so he is saying you can't see the Holy Spirit, but you certainly can see his effect. And so that's what we see. Then there appeared to them divided tongues, King James's cloven tongues. The idea is that these tongues were split and it resembled the cloven hoof of an animal that was considered clean under the law of Moses, meaning in symbolism it's okay to put this into your mouth. There appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. So had you been there, you would have seen these little flickering flames that were divided. There were flickering flames. It wasn't a single flame going up. There's a fork in it and it appeared over the head of each person. And the Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They is the subject of the sentence. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. Who began to speak? And it's amazing to me, down through the years, how much confusion has originated here by people not understanding basic English. If the subject of the sentence is they, they, the 120, were all filled with the Holy Spirit, if someone began speaking, it was the subject of the sentence. They began to speak. They did the speaking. And the Spirit gave them utterance. The Holy Spirit did not speak, but He put within them the inspiration to speak. In other words, the words that they were speaking were enabled by a function of the Holy Spirit. They were the ones doing the speaking, and they were the ones who saw the tongues of fire. They were the ones who were uh, doing this. The Holy Spirit was enabling this. Now, these people were actually speaking recognizable languages. Now, Now, here's where the confusion sets in. These tongues were unknown, but only to them. They didn't know the languages they were speaking. That doesn't mean that nobody knew the language. Other people around them did recognize the language. Now, no one person recognized all the languages, 
but there were a number of very religious Jews who had come back to Jerusalem during this season. And it wasn't just for Pentecost. It was a period of years, not months. They were there in the city because there was an expectation of the coming of the Messiah. And that's why they were there. And there were people who had come from all over the, both the Roman Empire and the Parthian Empire. So let's read verse 5. There were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. These people were serious about their relationship with God. They were devout people, otherwise they would not have sold out, packed up, and moved to Jerusalem during this season. They were very committed. And when this sound occurred, and it was the sound of the wind and also the sound of the people speaking, when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. So there was not a person there from another country who did not recognize the tongue from that country. They were all amazed, and they marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? Now that's a little bit of a slam, because basically they're saying the Galileans don't get out much, they don't travel, they're not highly educated, there are country folks, they are Jews, but they're not as cosmopolitan as we are, and therefore they don't know all these other languages. They said, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? How is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians, that's to the east. Medes, Elamites, again, to the east, those dwelling in Mesopotamia. All of that would be what is today uh, Jordan, uh, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, all of that would be Asia Minor, which is today Turkey. Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. So they've got people there from North Africa. Uh, they said, uh, uh, Cretes and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? They were uh, definitely drawn to this. And so it was an undeniable miracle. And uh, others mocked and said, these people are full of new wine. But Peter stood up, verse 14, Acts 2, with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea, all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. It's just nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, and, and by the way, drunkenness and alcoholism was a rare, rare thing among Jewish people. Even though they did consume wine, it was in moderation. There was a tremendous amount of social pressure not to get drunk. And so he, he said to them, these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is just the third hour of the day. Uh, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he began to quote from Joel. He said, it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my 
men's servants and on my maidservants I will pour out of my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Very important. He calls the people who received the Spirit servants. In other words, the purpose of the Spirit coming was to enable people to perform a work. Now, he gives four classes of people, sons, daughters, young men, old men, and says they'll all be filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is not just for one generation. It is interesting that the most vocal generation is the young people. Then the visionaries are the young men, and the old men are the ones who dream dreams. And this is so typical of how the Holy Spirit works even today in uh, giving inspiration to His church. So what I want you to see from this is that this is a second experience. It is something totally different than just receiving Christ. It is an empowering for service. And that's what the scriptures show us. These are servants. I'm going to pour out on my servants, people who are sent. And it so much agrees with what Jesus taught about the Holy Spirit coming in John chapter 7, uh, that they went down to the pool of Siloam on that day, the great day of the feast of, of Simhat Torah. They went and drew water out of uh, the pool of Siloam, which means sent. And then they went up from there. All right, now Acts 2, 36 through 39. Uh, here is Peter finishing this up. And by the way, there are a lot of people who would say these tongues were given so that people could hear uh, the gospel and uh, the believers were able to speak with tongues so that they could preach and help speed the gospel up. That's not the case. These people understood the tongues and nobody was saved and nobody knew what to do after the speaking in tongues. It took an interpretation. In other words, tongues by themselves do not lead people to the finish line. And so what I want you to see is after God had everyone's attention with the tongues, Peter stands up and he begins to preach. And uh, this is what uh, he said, verse 36, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly, that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Now that's one step. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is the second step. For the promise is to you and to your children, to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And then with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. So 3,000 people came to Christ on that day, that day of Pentecost. Marvelous place, marvelous experience. But again... It was an experience, although unusual, when everything was done, it was amazing and it was brilliant and the confusion was eliminated. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. We'll see you tomorrow. 
I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below? And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.